Welcome to Boots Off TV. My name's Del, and you're here for episode one of our all-time Premier League XI. First of all, please give our socials a follow and share. Um, we've got a competition running where if you share our socials and our posts, uh, you could be in with the chance of joining us for a very special episode. So I've got with myself today, Will and Ed. Do you want to say hello, guys? Uh, you're right, Del. It's, it's, it's good to be here, mate. It's, uh, it's been a good week that we've had so far setting things up, uh, gaining our followers, booking clientele. And it's really exciting to have this uh, first first debate between uh, between the three of us, so I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's talk some football. Yeah, as am I. I'm really looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting into it and uh, just getting this whole process finally started. It's it's, it's it's exciting. Yeah, I know you guys just as much as me have obviously been quite lost without all the football going on. So first big subject, guys. Obviously, 100%. we're getting a few leagues called off around the world. So obviously, first of all, big news. Obviously, the Dutch leagues getting called off. Like, how are you guys feeling about that? What's your kind of views on that? From my perspective. I feel like it's a big thing. Obviously, that's one of the biggest leagues. And I know myself and Ed have spoken about this already. Like, that league was extremely close. Like, I, for me, it's, it's crazy that you can just call a league off when it's, and no one gets a title. But then I think Ajax are still kind of getting Champions League qualification. So it's all a bit up in the air, even with the cancellation. Yeah, well, uh, Dale, as you know, big Liverpool fan myself. So when you see any league, especially a big one in Europe, cut off like this it's it's worrying times it, it, it makes me and other Liverpool fans sweat and you said it yourself it is a really close league it was between Ajax and AZ it was only goal difference that was was keeping them apart uh, I think it was something like six or seven goals so I, I don't think you can award a title to anyone at that stage because goal difference that would be really harsh it's not like it is in the, over in the Prem but um, it's, a, it's a big shame for both those clubs. And, and as well as that, it was a really exciting um, relegation battle ongoing within uh, within that league. And uh, I, th- I think for, for fans of uh, the Dutch league, it, it is a massive shame that they're not going to get to see such a, an epic climax to the season. Yeah, I've seen things about how it's not fair on Ajax because they were top of the league. They were top of the league by a few goals. It's harsh for me on AZ, who mm. they, haven't won the, they haven't won the last time they won the league was in 2009. They're having a really good season, on for a good, good finish, and uh, yeah, yeah they were really, really on them, form, weren't they? Will I think they, they, I think three games before they were four points off, and they'd caught up or six points off, something like that, and they'd mm. caught up so quickly, and it was like they got to that point, and then it was just like boom, league's called off, that's it. Yeah, like, I do it's, think it's it hard. Is harsh. It's, it is really harsh, but it's it's just such unprecedented times, and I think certain countries are panicking more than other countries, and. Yeah, and that certain oh, areas have more financial backing than others, if you know. What I mean. Oh, 100 percent. So yeah, obviously, it, with you saying that, obviously, like we've got leagues being called off. Obviously, the national leagues now being called off. Like that's for me, that's where the heart and soul of the game lies. Like, if you look into closer things, like Fardy came from non-league and made his way up. Do we really still get players like that if leagues such as the national league get forgotten about? I know what you're saying, Dale. It's uh, it, it is a gutter seeing uh, the the national leagues called off. I'm not going to say I'm surprised. I'm not I'm not surprised at all. I, I saw this coming a few weeks back. Um, myself and William were massive Chertsey Town fans. A few leagues below, and 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 once Chertsey was cancelled straight away, we, we we could just see that the leagues above that slowly were getting called off each one. And uh, it's a massive shame for the clubs. It's a massive shame for English football. But unfortunately, uh. I think what we were touching upon a minute ago is, is is the financial backing within those leagues, and if it's not there and 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 and, and it's not going to get the, the the backing from the FA, then it, unfortunately that it's it's that's the harsh reality that it's got to be. 
Yeah, it's, it is harsh and it's it's gutting for the fans obviously live and breathe for those clubs mm. lower down. And and those the, the three uh, national league um, leagues uh, were all very close as well. Mm. And like teams like Willstone uh, who were looking to get promoted this year, you gutted for teams like that. But when 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 the finances aren't there, you can't really. I I, I don't really blame the league for looking for that way yeah. out. Ease a bit of pressure. Well, you compare it to like yeah. uh, the, the the high leagues, like the, the the Premier League, which is the most watched league in the world. You got you got television deals from BT Sport and Sky Sports, for example, as well as all the TV deals around the world most watched league across the world. So it's 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 not surprising that those lower leagues aren't getting that backing where the money is. So uh, that's 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 just unfortunately how it is for them. And and the Championship and the Premiership are the most watched leagues within the country. I get where you're coming from, obviously. Like Ed, I know you've been waiting for this title for years and years, mate. <laughs> you can so say that again. Obviously, I know it's, it's stressful times for you, but the thing to kind of look at with all of this in my eyes, obviously, you look at Dutch League being called off, you look National League's being called off. Now we're looking at the German League, they're going back to training, things are being sorted, China, they're going mm. back. So for me, the question starts to be raised, like, at what point do we see who's dealing with the situation correctly and at what point do we say right like that's being dealt with well let's all kind of follow that route but where it's so unprecedented I think no one really knows what the right way to go about things is so true like you said uh, with, with the disappointment of the Dutch league then you've got the positive news of the German league looking like things are going to be up and running there again as Liverpool fans that is what you want to see you want to see those other big leagues with that 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 movement that that they're going to be playing football this season and I, I'm still confident about the Premier League finishing I, I always have been with the time period and I, I think that there was times where it looked like more negative and it wasn't going to happen now it's looking more like it is going to be the case so um I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the week the couple of weeks development and then hopefully the Premier League getting underway again and I'm pretty sure most fans within the country definitely will be I feel like with the Prem the more leagues that start to cancel the more worrying it gets but I feel like it only takes two leagues like say for example, the La Liga and uh, Bundesliga go ahead. I think if that if they do that, that's all it takes for the, for the English um, English football to take, pull the trigger and go mm. ahead with the Premier League again. Well, no, your UEFA's been back in it. The UEFA's been back in that the league should go ahead, and if not, Liverpool should win it. I don't know actually if your UEFA have the well, say. It, messes, it, it messes up their calendar completely for next season. If like, how how do you decide who who should get promoted and who shouldn't get promoted? Yeah. Uh, sorry, not promoted. Qualify for the Champions League and UEFA Cup. Well, that's that's it. I, I think they were talking about like the most watched and popular teams at some point going in it. So <laughs> United for you, Dale, that would be that. But if if that was the case, that would Man, that I think would that's be the only way we're getting any sort of Europe this season. If I'm honest <laughs> yeah. with you, but, uh, like I'll be honest. Obviously, seeing Fernandez sign in January, obviously that that kind of bring a bit of hope, and that was a sort of fantastic player. We, mm. we really needed to sign him in the summer. Like it kind of the the question then starts to be raised for me. It's just like yeah, things have been good since January, but we started off positively. Obviously, we got a big win against Chelsea, and after then it kind of just really started to decline very quickly. So it was like for me, I got a question for you, Dell. Do you, as a United fan, do you really see Oli as the man? Is he the guy for you to take United into the next phase of their future? I'll be honest, um, there's been times where I really wasn't behind him at all. The the one thing I can say about Oli, in which, is that I'm not sure, but what he has done, he's brought a lot of youth through. Um, some youth players, obviously, not naming any names, have been better than others. But then, if you're looking at people like Williams, like he's got a great run in the first team. He's 
doing well for Brilliant, himself. Yeah. You've got look at Rashford, like the the names just go on McTominay. Like for me, McTominay has really stepped up his game this season. So how can you sit there and sit, I can sit there and I say, yeah, he, he may not necessarily be doing amazing at the moment, but his things are slowly starting to tick. And I don't know from now to say the end of next season what will happen. So it's it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. But as much as it's unprecedented times, like it is an exciting time to be a football fan at the moment. Um, just to kind of, I think one thing that will happen, I feel like the money being spent on players will kind of come down a lot because obviously for me, being a United fan, we do spend stupid money on some players. Like it's crazy, but I feel like this sort of thing will kind of bring everyone's budget back down to an, a normal sort of level, and then we can start concentrating on the the most important thing, say, and that's the football. Well, with the with football nowadays, because as, as you mentioned about the the budgets and and and, and the money you got to spend on players, it has got ridiculous. And what you have to be in this 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 current market is intelligent with your your signings. Uh, Liverpool, as an example. Some of the top players from smaller clubs for decent fees, uh, where we're getting them in, and, and they turn out to be world-class players. Well, like, bringing Genie Wijnaldum in from Newcastle, bringing Mane in and Van Dijk, and even Salah in from like a Roma. Uh, we're at Liverpool are a bigger step up uh, to those clubs, and that's kind of what United have done with Fernandez. Like, United is a bigger club than Sport in Lisbon, and they've brought him in, and and, it, and he's now working his magic, and and that's what Oli needs to look into more. I know you said about you for me. For me, the difference there, though, is those players were coming into a Jurgen Klopp team. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. of course. That's the you know difference. I mean? it's, a, it's a big difference there between Jurgen Klopp and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And he could do it, but I just feel like there's better managers, more appropriate managers. I don't want to like, go through a list, but Mauricio Pochettino's at the top of it. For me. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, well, he's, he's the expert bringing through youth. But you, you can bring through youth all you want. That you've At the end of the day, you're going to get marked and, and judged on your results. So... Um, if Oli doesn't produce the results, then you wonder how long United will wait settling for exactly, mate. Like, average like, finishes. Like I said, it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. I don't think anyone really knows um, any, anyone really knows what sort of direction football's going in. Obviously, the Euros have been moved. Obviously, now we're looking also at the female game as well. Like, is it fair to have female and male international tournaments on at the same time? Just because, in my eyes, I feel like. The women's game has been getting a lot more coverage, and there's some talented, talented oh, yeah. players in that game. Well, the but World Cup was is such it fair a hit. To kind of, for them to lose all of their coverage, just be, uh, obviously it's a pandemic, and obviously it's unprecedented times for everyone. But does that mean that the women's game should be the one to suffer just to sac- sacrifice itself for the greater the men's game? Well, the World Cup was such a hit, and everyone got behind uh, the England's women, and I-, I was a massive follower of that that, that tournament. And uh, I know it was meant to be next year their tournament, but then it got moved back. A year, a year back, which means it's the same year as the World Cup, which probably could be even worse for their coverage because people are going to predominantly watch the men's game. It'll be, it'll, it'll be terrible for their coverage. They will lose so many viewers from that. Yeah, but, but obviously, it, I think if you look at the, it, it depends really because then you look at the United States. A lot of viewership comes from there for the World Cup. That will predominantly be for the women's game as opposed to the men. So mm, yeah, big I guess it, uh, if you look at ter- terms like that, it might even itself up. But the rest of the world, they're going to be watching the men's game. Yeah, I don't want to sound sexist. It's not fair. Oh, no, it's not. It's, not it's, it's, it's got it's got the but higher viewers. Just it's the way just it fact. is. Mm. Yeah. So a big big news on that England women's team as well. Obviously, the news of Phil Neville stepping down, and obviously, yeah, the shock. His brother didn't have such a great start to his managerial career at Valencia. But then if you're looking at Phil, I feel like he's done a really great job with that women's team. Obviously, I feel like... Definitely. Mm. He's done a really great job. But do, do I feel like now it's the time to walk away? Oh, 
is he the man to essentially take take the women's team? This for me, oh, he did a great level. job. Goes back to finances again. You got to give Phil his credit. He's done fantastic things there, and he's he's on a high at the moment. Mm. Like so, he could go into the men's game where there was a lot more financial back. Get a championship team, big, couldn't he? Like, I could yeah, see Phil Neville getting get a, a big contract. Get a big contract. Get and then you you work your way up there, and then suddenly you could be managing the big. You could even big get team. a bigger team. Look, Gary, Gary Neville yeah. got a Valencia job for nothing. Like Phil Neville's done a good job. He could get a big job. Yeah, well, you, you never know. If, if, if the right opportunity comes at the right time, um, you, you, you could see teams give Phil Neville a chance. I, I personally could see more of a, a championship side doing that than a Prem side with the, the managers that are out there and available. But, uh, but yeah, you never know. If the opportunity of a club football comes, then it is the one that has more potential and, and more opportunity going forward uh, to, to, to make a bigger career for himself. Definitely. This is where the big managers are born, though, isn't it? Like, in my opinion, like, if we if we're looking at when Spurs brought in Poch, um, if we're looking at like Mourinho done well at Porto, but he was still relatively unknown when Chelsea brought him in. Um, obviously, when they got their big takeover from Rome. Yeah, no, Can for we, sure. But it's it's all a bit for me. It's it's all a bit crazy. I'm not really sure like what sort of angle it should be looked from, say. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I honestly. I do believe, I, I think Phil Neville will get a big, big job coming mm. soon. And I feel yeah. like he's deserving of it. Because, obviously, if you give these young managers a chance, that's kind of how the game develops. Pep got his chance at Barcelona, and look at how, in my opinion, it, it changed the modern era of football. Besides from teams like Barcelona and, and Real Madrid, who then tend to bring their managers through their, their B-team system, you don't see many English clubs give the uh, the younger manager a, a chance. They, they tend to go for the no. higher profile no. manager, especially the big clubs. They want someone who's a name and who's done it before rather than maybe giving someone a, a chance who's done it at a smaller club, but not to a magnitude of uh, a Chelsea or a Liverpool or a, or a Man United. I'll tell you what pushed it over the edge for me was back when um, Huddersfield Town oh, yeah. with Division 3 German manager a chance instead of someone like a Sam Allardyce, a homegrown <laughs> manager, or grow he's not young. Is he a Premier League a survival English. veteran? Yeah. Now, you look at what Watford done, and they brought in Nigel Pearson, and, mm. it, and, it, and it completely is, well, unfortunately, we don't know where the league is at the moment, but it saved their, their season. Yeah, well, Pearson, uh, back with the uh, Leicester City, but the year before Leicester City won the title... Uh, Pearson was manager. He'd done the great escape. They were dead and buried, relegated, and he pulled them out of there. I know he's a manager for the whole season, but he proved that when it comes to crunch time, he's a he's a great manager to, de- to deal with the pressure of relegation. And I completely agree. Get, getting a getting a German manager from League Three had no right of being a manager of of, of a Premier League team. Fulham as well. Fulham as well bringing in uh, Claudio Ranieri. I thought was uh, from the time it happened, it was a massive mistake because the man doesn't know anything about a relegation battle. Yeah, and he doesn't know that. Like, although he won the league with Leicester, which it will be a legend in football for the rest of his life of for that, that side of the table is a different animal, in my opinion. And that is a, it that really is, a, is, man. It's yeah, a different that's, gravy. That's there's, a, there's another level of pressure, man. man should be. Mm, mm. Oh, you've got to love a good relegation battle, and you, and you, and you need a hard head and a, and, a, and a strong mind to be able to push a team through that 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 tricky time. Because a lot of the time, you're going to have the fans on your back, and you're going to have a lot of pressure from the board so you've got to hold your nerve at that point and, and really push the team on right Definitely. guys in terms in terms of talking about Premier League greats let's go on to our Premier League XI um, right so obviously this is called Dell's debate so I'm not really expecting everything to go smooth sailing but 
obviously let's throw some ideas about what I want you to do. Um, obviously, in each position, I want you to name three players um, for centre backs, centre midfielders, and strikers. It will be four. Um, and just just and before we get onto that, Dale, I just wanted to clarify we're, we're, uh, the marking and how we're going to be putting our people forward for this team. That's going to be based around. Their, their sort of Premier League tenure, their accolades. Um, I, what I mean by that is, I think Luis Suarez, for example, is one of the greatest players to ever grace the Prem. But does he make my all-time team? It does that depend on how long he spent in the league and his Premier his, League only, Ed. Only Premier League. It's based just on the Premier based League. Just based on that. Okay. Based on the Premier League. That's it, bud. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm gonna throw my goalkeeper names out the hat first. All right. So I'm gonna go. And probably make a couple of enemies out of this. I'm going to go De Gea. David De Gea is your all-time goalkeeper in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Just because of how what he done for United, that I feel like during that Moyes era, and then obviously the things that followed that, I feel like if we didn't have De Gea in between the sticks, I feel like it would have been a far worse situation for us. Don't, don't get me wrong, I completely I, agree with that. David De Gea was a fantastic goalkeeper many, many years. United's best player year after year. But it wasn't a great United team whatsoever. The fact that a goalkeeper is getting the player of the year says a lot. Yeah, I, I, from a, for what he done for United, I have to stay loyal and obviously go with that. Okay, he is a great two, goalkeeper. Who do you have your second? I'd probably... My second, this is a very tough one for me, obviously. My second is very close. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go with Schmeichel for number two. And then, oh, well, then Van der Sar, was it? Or uh, then um, no. Fabian Bartes or Tim Howard, <laughs> all United goalkeepers? Roy Carroll, get Roy in there. Oh, well, <laughs> you, can't, you can't be forgetting old Roy Carroll. <laughs> what a legend in the Premier League. We're going to get Carriers for the call-up anyway to finish out the season for you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, Carriers. Oh, he's coming back from the looks of things. He's, he'll be number two next year. He'll be number one by next season when Alisson gets signed by a bigger club, mate. Oh, mate, Alisson's not going anywhere. <laughs> Best goalie in the world. Um, right, so chaps, where are you at with your goalkeepers? Well, uh, well I'll yeah, go, I'll let you go. Sorry, go. On. go, on, go yeah, I was going to say number uh, I got, at three. I got Schmeichel, then I got a gap, and then I got Petr Cech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a highly rate check. Uh, so Schmeichel is on my number two. I had him in at number three, and uh, I'm going to have to agree. Um, I think Petr Cech, all-time clean sheets. I just remember when Liverpool used to play him, like knowing you had that mountain in the goal, and once you had beaten that defence, finally you'd. You have to come across him. It, 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 he was such a great goalkeeper throughout his career, and I've got to go pay a check. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that as well. I'm I'm happy to put check in there. Obviously, with the injury that he had as well, obviously he bounced back, and I feel like he only kind of went on. Oh, massively. From there as well. Yeah, yeah. That's such see. a bad injury. One of the worst I think the Prem scene as well. So to bounce back from that and be such a world class keeper, yeah, it's great. It's good and to see, man. Obviously, as well. long time. Yeah, man. He was there for years. He was there. He was obviously there when the project started there, and obviously it just grew and grew and grew. Yeah, well, I remember after that Euro 2004 is where he really made his name. What a player he was! And then he once Mourinho came in, Mourinho was determined to make him his number one, and and yeah, it was a great payoff. Right, so let's start to talk about the back four guys. So right backs, first of all, Ed, I want to know who you've got. Your right back, mate. So I've got Gary Neville as my right back. I've gone on Gary Neville. Did that hurt? Yeah, no, I did. Well, <laughs> I want to say, I want to say, uh, I think by the end of his career, and if we were doing this in ten years' time, Trent Alexander-Arnold, hundred percent, could be the right back. But I agree. Yeah, no, I think he's a fantastic footballer. But at this point, right now, in 2020, Gary Neville is my right back. I will agree with you on Gary Neville, but the thing I will say about Trent, I don't believe 
that he'll stay at right back for his career. I feel like when a player is that technically gifted, there it's a waste to have him at the back. I feel like you're going to have younger defenders coming through, and I feel like Trent will really make that step up. Like I'm not necessarily saying as a winger, even if, I I reckon he mm. can slot in at centre midfielder and do great. But obviously, well, the future holds where it holds, and we just have to wait and see. I do think he's a fantastic right back. He shows it like in terms of the assists that he gets and the balls he puts in and the fact he's always in uh, team of the year for the Premier League. But I get what you're saying. He's a, he's a technically gifted player. He can ping a ball like no one else. He can cross a ball fantastically. And I could see him slotting into that uh, midfielder at one point and becoming a playmaker. Uh, you, you see, I feel, I'm, gone. I was just going to say, I feel like if it's going to happen, I think you'll see it happen for England before it happens for Liverpool. Yeah, so that's interesting. Kind of gives that initial push. There's more. It? I think there's some fantastic English right backs, and I think they, if, I, if an injury comes up, they could say, right, well, Trent could go up, and we'll just stick Wan-Bissaka at right back. No, that's a good point. You know what I mean, what, he likes to play that uh, that three-two, and then with the two wing backs. I could easily see Wan-Bissaka being a centre back personally because his defensive duties are so good. I mean, if Carl Walker was a centre back in the World Cup, then well, I reckon Wan-Bissaka would be a better centre back, and then having Trent as that sort of right wing back is going to push up and cause damage going forward. It's exciting times ahead yeah, for England, you know. Right, mm. let's get on to the. Um, so who who this are we is a tricky be one. deciding on? I, I I'll fight my corner for Gary Neville. Obviously, I gave you guys pet check. There needs to be at least one United player in here. Yeah. I need to Go, get in Gary here, Neville's so. the right back. Yeah, yeah. No, Gar- Gary Neville for me as well. And now we come on to the right, tricky so one. Right, so this probably for me is what I would say is probably the, the easiest position to name my four players. My four players, number one. Vincent Company, number two, Terry, number three, Ferdinand, number four, Vidic. Interesting. It's a good. It's a solid four. It, it, uh, the order is hard to put it in. Uh, I, I mean, they're, yeah, they're all, that, that's, all top, that's the top hard, class centre backs. Mm, mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one for me. What I've gone for is uh, two absolute leaders at the back. I've gone for Vincent Company. I think he was a great servant at for all his time working with uh, Manchester City. He, he gave him the greatest parting gift with that, that screamer of a goal against Leicester <laughs> to win the title. Yeah. No, everyone uh, backed off as well. I was like, company's not going to put this. <laughs> Mate, you put it in bins. I know. As well. And he always seems to step up to the mark. Like, when they uh, won the title for the first time, they had that game with Man United where he, he came in with the big header and, 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 and really gave him that push going into the last game of the season. And So he's in my team. And uh, I'm going to agree with you. John Terry is just an absolute... Warrior, uh, he's he is probably one of the biggest legend captain-wise in the world there's ever been. So uh, yeah, Terry is just outstanding. He's such a threat from a corner as well, and he's, he's he he'd make my team over the two United boys. So I'd go Company and Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought he would, mate. I thought anyone would. Right, Will, <laughs> where's your head at for these centre backs? I, I, I might have a bit of recency bias here, but I got I got Virgil Van Dijk in my top four. Generally. Love that, love I, Virgil. I think. I've, I don't. I can't honestly think of any time where one man has made such a difference to a team like Virgil Van Dijk has to Liverpool. You're not wrong. They were woeful. They were woeful at the back, and then he's come in. He's completely, completely structured that those those boys at the back. Well, anyone who Obviously plays next to him a, is great. He makes everyone look good. Yeah. Like Joe Joe Gomez, like he he was always one of those players that can he do it? He's got so many mistakes in him, but with that ease of playing next to a guy like Virgil. He's allowed to take a few more risks, and he knows he's okay, which makes him a better player. Mm. It makes him Joe more is a top a quality player. player this season, isn't he? Like this season, he's for me playing next to Verge. He's, he's slowly becoming that 
top top level of defender. Yeah, a hundred percent. He yeah. does it with Matip as well, and even Lovren. I know Lovren for me, I'm not his biggest fan for Liverpool, but when he plays next to Van Dijk, he he's even a good player. So I uh, I like the fact you got Van Dijk. And I personally actually think Van Dijk's better than a few of the four uh, I had, but I'm just going on terms oh, of longevity at the moment. Yeah, we mine's on the journey as well. Time, we're looking back and we're putting Van Dyke in this team. I agree. 100%. 100%. But for, for right now, I've actually got uh, company at three because I just thought uh, Vidic was an absolute beast as a defender and a scary man to play against. And then I also think that John Terry's probably the best centre-back that's ever played the game. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Obviously, I wasn't around for the Maldini era, but I think... I, I, Terry's I think Terry's number one for the league, yeah. So I think Terry's obviously yeah. unanimous. And then going off the fact that me and Dale both had company, he'd get that spot then, I guess. So it'll be company yeah. and Terry. It's painful because... I hate that team so much, but it's painful <laughs> to put him in there, but he's in there. Oh, yeah, you got to respect that Imagine team. Imagine being man. a United fan and having to put Terry and company as the centre-back. <laughs> So, imagine the backlash I'm going to get from that. Oh, I have a feeling it's not going to get to, much better going left-back, mate. <laughs> we, we move on to the most, what I can only describe, the easiest position. I don't even need to name one, two, and three. Left-back is Ashley Cole, hands down. 100%. There is no argument. The only thing you'd have there a debate no here argument. is who would be the second... Uh, closest left back uh, Ashley Cole's number one he's he's a defensive who would, you, who would be your second then if you could choose one uh, Ashley Cole's Ashley Cole never played in the Premier League who uh, would you choose Patrice Evra I think was uh, a fantastic football yeah. player uh, Dennis Irwin oh, uh, I absolutely love him United. but Dennis Irwin wasn't quite my era but uh, uh, Evra would be number yeah. two for me yeah, I've got I've got Ashley Cole again another painful one but I've got Ashley Cole and Evra would have been second as well yeah, that, the thing for me with Ever and Cole, like your old, your old school sort of gritty fullbacks, I, I don't think they're re- obviously looking at Trent. Obviously, he's, he's that much more technically gifted sort of fullback. Whereas obviously, if you look towards the Ever era, Ashley Cole, there you're more sort of gritty, gritty sort of tackling. So mm. obviously, the game is making that progression. But so we're all agreed on Ashley Cole, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Right now we come to the most important position at right midfield: Cristiano Ronaldo. Hands down, no arguments. That's it. I, I, I feel Ed was going to agree with me here. I wanted to put a certain man in. Hundred percent. I, I wanted so <laughs> bad to put David Beckham at yeah. right mid, but Ronaldo is something elite, something that the Premier League never really saw. I don't think before him. I think he he does deserve to be there. Yeah, like you said, Beckham. It, it pains me not to put him in the team because he is just an absolute dream to have as a striker he whips in them balls fantastically and uh, I, I think growing up watching Beckham I absolutely loved him and, and the way he played but yeah you can't you can't disregard one of the two goats for me in, in, in the world of football Ronaldo's got to be in the team I do want to give a, a special mention to uh, Mohamed Salah a little bit biased but <laughs> what he's done over the last few years in terms of scoring like he, he re- he's the quickest player to ever reach 50 goals uh, for Liverpool and 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 what he keeps on scoring, I think he gets quite underrated by a lot of people. Um, but yeah, he, he's obviously not in this team, but he's uh, he's 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 in the conversation. Yeah, Definitely. I get where you're coming from. Obviously, a few of those Liverpool players. Obviously, you look at Mane, you look at Firmino. Obviously, you've got some great great players in that team. Mm-hmm. But we move on to our central midfielders, guys. Um, before I say, I just want to make two mentions. The first one. It pains me to say this. I have swallowed my words about Jordan Henderson this season. Jordan Henderson, like nice. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Ed, I know, I know you're gonna love to hear that, mate. I, I swallowed my I mean, words about you. I'm happy to hear that, but I reckon you could get a lot of backlash from everyone else around uh, Hendo. You're gonna be crucified. You're gonna be crucified for that. But I, I'm with you. Henderson this season has been a fantastic footballer. He's really turned his career around. He's an absolute leader now, and, oh, and what he does mate. for the team oh, is fantastic. But the the other one for me, I just want to have a special mention to Michael Carrick, mate, because. For some, he, for me, for me. <laughs> are we doing a Premier League list or are we doing a Manchester United? List? What, what I'm, I'm not saying he's in my top four. What I'm saying is, you just wanted to like give him a little note. Like that don't, they would never ever get the respect they deserve until after they've retired. Yeah, you've seen it have. Look at players like Carragher. Did Carragher really get the respect he deserved when he played? I don't believe so. Yeah, he was always like, up against really good England defenders in like Campbell, Rio, and uh, exactly, Terry. So exactly. never got his looking. So that's why I feel like he kind of always took a back step. But I feel. But you look after his career and look back at the highlights and how he played and the, the heart yeah. he put into Liverpool, like, it's crazy, man. All right. But I was give a big shout out to, to Michael Carrick and a bigger shout out to uh, Jordan Henderson. They're not making <laughs> the team, I don't think, but uh, they it's, get their yeah. mention. Go on, Del. Let's I, hear you too. This, I feel like, it's going to be the one where I feel like we're all going to agree. So, for my four central midfielders, so the two I'm going to name, I will not argue with one and two. Lamps and Gerrard, okay? Have it whatever way around you want. I'm not going to decide on it. I'd probably, to be fair, I'd probably go Gerrard as an all-round midfielder. If I want goals, I'm going Lampard. Mm. But in terms of the two in front, it would be, for me, De Bruyne and it would probably be David Silva would be third and fourth for me. And the reason for that is just the impact they've had on that team. De Bruyne, for me, he is that sort of player you would pay any amount of money to have him in your team. Yeah, well, KDB, I think he's another one that uh, you could see... Um, in, in, in the future say we did this 10 years down yeah. the line you could see KDB pushing into that squad for sure uh, so I, I, I think that that's uh, that's a good shout um, but yeah I agree with you too Gerard Lampard for me Gerard I think is the all round midfielder I think he could play that hard man role he can play that uh, playmaker ping in the ball role and he can even join the attack and score goals he proved that in 2009 when he finished ahead of Torres goal scoring wise and got 16 goals for Liverpool in the Prem so I think Gerard's 100% in there for me he, literally my idol growing up and uh, and then yeah I gotta agree Frank Lampard's goal scoring record is immaculate as a midfielder so he's in there for me as well Will, where's your head at? Any arguments with your head? No, Frank. Frank's goal scoring and assist ability is is insane. It, uh, it, his, I've again Chelsea player, been in the team constantly. <laughs> but at 609 appearances at centre midfield, the man scored 177 goals. It's outrageous. And had 102 assists. It's, it is crazy. Him and Gerald are in there. And my um, my other two would have been Paul Scholes and Claude McAuley. Claude McAuley, um, he definitely gets the mention. I was going to put in there. I, w- I will be honest. I was going to put Scholes in there, but I started to look at my list and realised that there was this recurring theme of Man United in there. <laughs> so want I to look thought I'd have to ease off of that one just a little bit. So Paul Scholes is punished <laughs> for being one of the most loyal Man United players ever. <laughs> no, Scholes is great. McAuley is right. great. But uh, I'm, uh, we're all, all on agreement. I'm glad. The two, uh, the two England midfielders, Gerard Lampard, uh, wonders how we've never done a bit better at World Cups and Euros but I think yeah. that's a great two now, Del, right. you were saying that left back was the easiest position for you the left mid was easiest for me well, who was your left midfielder I want to I know where your head's at with this because I know this, this is going to throw a few handbags out from Ed's part <laughs> <laughs> well I don't even I've, I've spoke to him in the past and I don't even want to get into where he's going but for me 632 appearances in the league 109 goals, 162 assists, 
and he's scored in every single Premier League season except his last one. Ryan Giggs for me. Okay, okay. I know Hands I, I, I might raise Hands down. A, a few eyebrows. Hands and, uh, down. Get, <laughs> but there was three players I wanted to give a mention to. David Silva, I know you said for him in, in, in like centre mid, but I think left mid as well, where he's played a lot of his career. Absolute legend. I think he gets uh, underrated quite quite a lot in the Prem. I don't think his name gets mentioned enough in these sorts of debates, but he's been a loyal servant to City over the last decade, and he's been fantastic. An absolute Prem icon. Uh, Gareth Bale had that season where he was a wonder player for, for, for Spurs, ripped everyone apart, especially my con in that Champions League game, and, and he got uh, player. Oh my God, I remember <laughs> yeah, watching remember that, that game live. Ended my career. You know the worst thing about that game was, is watching a player come off from scoring a hat-trick in the Champions League, and he couldn't even look happy. <laughs> that first game was crap. I bet he you was, know, It was like... <laughs> You've that backed that was the making of Bale against Inter Milan in the Champions League, and it basically in his eyes he was just like, yeah, it was just like <laughs> but, the, the W is the most important thing. Inter Milan just, as well. That's when I really started point. to grow towards Gareth Bale. Like, I do agree, Gareth Bale did reach him crazy heights in the Prem, but did he reach the heights of Mr. Ryan Giggs? Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. But he's not in my team. And uh, one man who was really close, has to get a mention, is, is Eden Hazard. He was an absolute wonder player. It was a shame to lose him in the Prem for what he did for Chelsea. Uh, I mean, I didn't like seeing him do all that for Chelsea, but to watch him as a player was fantastic. He's an absolute wonder player. However, however, I'm going to go Ryan Giggs. I can't can't deny yes. those statistics, and I can't deny what he's done in terms of an all-round Prem team. I don't think he's the best player. I think uh, some of those players I mentioned are actually better than Giggs. But in terms of putting a Premier League team together, yeah, you can't not have Ryan Giggs at left mid. So uh, I, th- I, th- I think you're both happy with that one then. Yeah, absolutely yeah, well, chuffed, mate. I'm glad you finally got on board. <laughs> I, I do yeah. think Hazard's I, better. I'm glad but... he started to listen. I was expecting him to say Mane or Milner, but you never know. <laughs> Mane, but... Mane, Mane is another one who should actually get a mention. He, he could be in that team by yeah. the end of his career. Maybe not over Giggs, but he, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic, fantastic footballer. But last two players on the pitch... This is the this is the big important. one, yeah. The ones who put the ball in the Where, net. Exactly, this mate. So for me, for I'm me. gonna throw I'm gonna throw my spanner in the works. I'm gonna name three players, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Very quickly, Aguero, Rooney, Henri. Aguero, Rooney, and Henri. Hmm. No, Alan Shearer. William, yeah. what's your thoughts? What are you going for? Um, I'm not even gonna talk about a third guy. For me, it's probably one of the best goal scorers that's ever played in the Premier League and that's um, Alan Shearer only only managed to get one title but that was that was due to loyalty more than anything else I believe mm-hmm. yeah. and then the guy I'd say is the best player to ever play in the Premier League and that's Thierry Henry mm. nice nice um, I'm going to I'm going to whack three players out uh, two of them you've both uh, mentioned uh, differently actually Henry uh, well Henry Henry is the um, is obviously in the team he's the I agree with you completely he's the best all time Premier League player I've, I've, I've been going back as well and re-watching some of the highlights uh, it's just it's just remarkable he's, he's an absolute machine and uh, and he was really the heartbeat of that uh, Arsenal team for the Invincibles he's in the team he's, he's, he's probably one of the first on the team sheet if not the and uh, the other two are Aguero who you mentioned, Dale, and Shearer, who you mentioned, William. And uh, to pick between them is hard because both of them are just it's, unbelievable. With no pressure being put onto yourself, mate, you have to decide and vote here. So if you choose I have to well... decide and vote. Mm. Okay, okay. It's good I'm for you. If you choose badly, the backlash comes to you, mate. <laughs> I'm going to have to go for Alan Shearer. I think Aguero is a remarkable player, but Alan Shearer's goal-scoring record is... Is uh, it like uh, it's untouchable? I can't see anyone getting anywhere close to it. 
um, throughout their career. And uh, I, I think most goals scored, most hat tricks, most penalties. The guy was just a machine. You can't, you can't disagree with that, can you? So I'm going to go uh, the mighty Thierry Henry, and then uh, the legend that is Alan Shearer. And there we right, go. so, so that that's your XI, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to allow you guys one extra player, okay? You're allowed one extra player that you can put okay. in any position. One extra player. I haven't asked you this previously, so this is obviously something that I kept as a bit of surprise for you because I know yeah, this would throw you off. You're allowed to choose one more player. Who would you choose, bud? Aguero. Aguero, easy hands Simple down as, like that. Yep, yeah, just like that. Aguero coming on. He's he's a machine. See, the only thing for me that stopped Lampard and Gerrard working so well together at England was four four two. Yeah. If you're going to give me another player, I'm sticking Claude McAuley straight oh, in the middle of it. Big Mac. Oh, I love that. Well, right, so you, you go Claude. Big tackle I'm, sponsored by Claude McAuley. You, <laughs> you'd switch it and have a holding midfielder. See, the difference with me would, is yeah. I'm an attacking technical player and that's just the way I'd be. Mine would actually be Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, and nice. Interesting. Oh, KDB. But, mate, the assist that guy has, the way in which he dictates a game, like... His highlights just go on and on and on, and it's just it's crazy for me. That's why, in my yeah. eyes, my extra man would be Kevin De Bruyne. I hope uh, Kevin De Bruyne, by the end of his career, in, is in this conversation more because I think he's he's such oh, a technically sure gifted player, and uh, obviously they don't mention him within this at, at this stage, probably because he's still playing. But by the end, I think he really get the recognition that he deserves, and and will go down as as as, as a great of this generation. Yeah, I, I yeah. do completely agree, but. Right, so we've got our team, we've got our extra player. Who's going to be managing this squad for you? All-time Premier League no, manager. No, no question, Roy Hodgson every day of the week. Oh, well, yeah, well, <laughs> I've got to agree with you there. Roy Hodgson, that's a... final, that Palace team that he's done well. <laughs> Taking mighty Fulham all the way to the Europa League final. Well, the guy's a legend of the game. <laughs> that was a great season. Man, that was a great run. Uh, and and uh, I'm, I'm me, going to have to agree with him here, Dale. Roy Hodgson is going the to manager. <laughs> So you guys want to go Roy Hodgson? I'm going to speak no. the greatest manager to ever grace the game that will never be overtaken, Sir Alex Ferguson. It's, yeah, it's he's the man. Be, yeah. He's the man. You can't you can't argue with uh, Ferguson being the manager of this team. I mean, if you were going to say everything in the in the players and, and the manager, that's that is the easiest choice. Sir Alex Ferguson is the manager of the team. Right. Yeah, so I don't, all... I don't really see anyone challenging that. No, honest. no way, no way, no. Right, that's a wrap from today. Obviously, we've got our Premier League XI, we've got our extra man, we've got our manager. Um, guys, how do you think the team went today? It's a bloody good team, Dale. That is a that is a really good uh, eleven. It's uh, it's interesting to yeah, it's interesting to see how we all thought of it. I think a lot of it was an agreement. There was a few disagreements, but mostly yeah. on board. Yeah, no, it was good. It was obviously it went a lot smoother than I thought it was initially going to be. Uh, obviously, it's a dream team. A Liverpool fan, I thought we would have had an eleven of Liverpool players, but. Obviously, it's good, to see, it's good to see non-biased players. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Only the one. I'm very shocked. Yeah, I'm, shocked. I'm very shocked. The best one. The best one. Exactly. The best one he, he gets the armband for me. <laughs> right. So, guys, that's a complete wrap for today. Obviously, I've been Del. This has been Will and Ed with myself. This has been our episode one, which has been our Premier League all-time XI. Please follow our socials and give us a share. And again, like I said, please uh, follow our competition on Instagram and you could be in for a chance of joining us for a very special episode. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks very much.